0: You are now listening to The Unit Report. Listen as we take a deep dive into the world of sports centered around Pittsburgh. Now, your hosts, Lucas and Troy. Welcome to this week's episode of The Unit Report. I'm Lucas here with Troy here on Good Friday, April, tw- Whoa, that was close. April 15th, 2022. And this is going to be a mainly baseball predictions episode. Uh, we're going to see, we're going to put our divisions together. Who's going to win our, the, the big awards, uh, World Series, all that good stuff. We're going to get to that in just a moment. But we would be remiss if we did not mention two pretty big figures in sports passing away since our last episode. And the biggest one that will hit home for Pittsburgh sports fans is Dwayne Haskins. He uh, was struck by a dump truck in Fort Lauderdale last week and passed away at the scene. Uh, Tragic, uh, 24-year-old. He had a lot of promise. He was a standout quarterback at Ohio State, was a uh, first-round pick with the Washington uh, football team, uh, now the Commanders. But he had a lot of promise, and it's very tragic and upsetting he was with the Steelers actually in Fort Lauderdale where they were tr- the quarterbacks, running backs and receivers were training together. And he had a good shot at being in the qu- starting quarterback conversation this year for the Steelers, because it was uh, him, Rudolph Trubisky, we probably going to have a quarterback competition, but obviously now uh, things have changed and it's tragic. And we wish uh, the best to everyone in the uh, Haskins family, The Steelers family, I know a lot of Steelers were very traumatized and are very upset by the situation. A lot of the guys that were down there with him, like Najee Harris, Chase Claypool, obviously struck really hard uh, by this tragedy. But um, yeah, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins. And one more that actually happened today, unfortunately, was one of the all-time greats in hockey, Mike Bossy, passed away at 65. He'd been battling lung cancer for some time, and there were rumors that his condition had worsened over the past week or so. And today he, he did pass away. And like I said, one of the best goal scorers of all time and was a key member of that Isles dynasty in the 1980s, where they won uh, four Stanley Cups in a row. And he is recognized by many as the greatest goal scorer of all time. It, he, just injuries plagued him, and he wasn't able to play as long as he would like. But if he, if he had played a full, healthy career, he may have been the top goal scorer in NHL history. So rest in peace to Mike Bossy, as well. Now, hard right turn. We're going to go right into the MLB predictions because we have to. Um, we have a lot to talk about here. We all made, We both made our division set. We've chosen some uh, award winners, but we're, I want to go division by division here, Troy. So you look at your predictions. I'll look at mine. We'll start out East in the American League, where I have the Toronto Blue Jays winning the division. And then behind them, I have the Tampa Bay Rays in second, Boston Red Sox in third, New York Yankees in fourth, which will, might catch some people by surprise. And then the Baltimore Orioles in fifth. And since there's three wild card teams this year uh, as part of the new CBA, I have both Tampa and Boston making the wild card out of this division. So this division to me is going to produce three playoff teams. Troy, what do you have?
1: I also have the Blue Jays going number one in the AL East. I have the Red Sox in second, the uh, Tampa Bay Rays in third, the Yankees in fourth and fifth. Um, I think the Blue Jays have the one seed set, but really these two, three, and four positions I think are really going to be, I think they're all going to be within maybe 10 games of each other. It's going to be stupidly close um, whenever it comes down to it. I think definitely the uh, this is where we're going to see all of the uh, wildcard teams because this is such a strong division. Besides out of the uh, AL Central and West where you only get the number one seed, um, I am thinking you're going to get Probably probably the Red Sox over the Rays, and then it's probably going to be a 50-50 between uh, if the Yankees get in. It just depends how they finish. But I do think this is where we're going to see most of the playoff teams come from. It is just such a powerhouse of a division. And then with getting the extra uh, wild card seed seat, uh, seat this year, I mean, I guess it it helps the AL East, but then it kind of hurts everyone else. So,
0: so you think the Red Sox and Rays are definitely wildcard teams, and the Yankees are maybe not?
1: I think the Blue Jays are number one. I don't know. I th- I think the Red Sox would make it in before the Rays, and I kind of think it's a toss up between the Yankees and the Rays. Um, in reality, it's probably. I think it's going to basically be the. Uh, it's going to be a, basically a pretty close mini division with those three teams so i wouldn't be surprised if uh to see any of the order but i do think it's going to be like very very tight between that second and
0: fourth position and but you you're saying no matter what you think two of the three at least two of the three wild cards uh positions are going to come from this division is that what you're saying yes okay gotcha okay so we're in agreement there just uh, I'm a little higher on the Rays and you're a little higher on the Red Sox. I do think the Yankees are going to be fourth. though, But I agree that that two through four spot is going to be pretty tightly contested. You might even throw a one through four, honestly, because uh, the Rays, I don't think, are too far back from Toronto. But if you look at the roster on Toronto, they are such a powerhouse. And we're going to get into it in a little bit here, but I I do have uh, Vladdy Guerrero winning the MVP and I do have Toronto winning the AL pennant. We'll get in more into that in a second. So this division I think is the strongest by far, like the good old days, honestly, whatever the AL East is uh, the best, it's usually good for baseball because you have those big markets, Toronto, New York, Boston that are all thriving and it is, it's going to be tightly contested and it's going to be the uh, probably the most fun to watch throughout the season. I'm looking forward to it. Um, We can move on now. The AL Central, definitely a steep, steep dive in talent from the East to the Central. I have the White Sox in first, Twins in second, Tigers in third, the Guardians in fourth, and the Royals in fifth. Troy, who do you got?
1: I think it's going to be basically the White Sox are going to run away with it. The the Twins, I feel like, are going to kind of pull themselves away from the rest of the herd. But then it's going to kind of be the Tigers, uh, Guardians, which is still very strange to say, and the Royals. I do think the Royals will, will hang out in the, uh, they will take the last seed, but um, really they're all, I think they're all going to be kind of um, hanging around the bottom there. I think the White Sox have this pretty easy. And then I, I, the Twins are definitely going to pull ahead, but yeah, I think it's just going to it's going to kind of be like the last division where see who fights for the bottom. But I think it's going to end up either being uh, the Guardians, which I have in third Tigers in fourth Royals in fifth or uh, the Guardians and Tigers are going to flip flop. But I think that's kind of how this division's going to go. I think the White Sox have it pretty easy. And yeah.
0: I'm with you there. Uh, definitely I think Chicago is easy one easy number one twins are probably a pretty easy number two Uh, but I was I'm kind of with you I'm kind of I was kind of between putting the Guardians third or the Tigers third I wasn't sure I ended up putting the Tigers third just because they have a lot of youth that's coming up that's developing pretty well and they made some good signings I like them signing Javier Baez I think that helps them a lot offensively and obviously defensively. He's a great defender, but the Royals are a easy number five in my opinion. It's a three to four spot. I'm a little not sure about, but also in this division, I have the Cy Young winner coming out of the Chicago White Sox in Lucas Giolito. I, I saw him pitch last year in person at PNC Park, and he he's a hell of a ball player. That guy can throw the ball like like no one else in the AL. There's not a lot of star pitchers in the AL, at least from my perspective. So I think. He has a really good shot at it, and we will see how that shakes up, but I think I think our predictions are probably going to be how it ends up, but we will see. The West is a little harder to guesstimate. I put Houston 1, the Seattle Mariners number 2, Angels number 3, Texas Rangers number 4, and the Oakland A's number 5, with the Mariners getting one of the wild card spots. Troy, how do you got it?
1: Um, I think it's going to be pretty tight. It's going to be a pretty tight race between the Mariners and the Astros. Um, I think that's going to kind of be the battle in that division. Uh, Probably a smaller one between the Angels and Rangers, with the A's being at the bottom as well. Um, I think one and two are kind of interchangeable. Same thing with three and four. I think this is going to be one of the more competitive ones, but really not between the one and three spot. It's going to be between the one and two and three and four seed
0: with you there do you have any of these teams getting in the wild card um the wild card possibly
1: it's either going to be the astros or the mariners depending on who wins it um i do think it's going to be one of those two just because of how bad the al central is it very well could be all al east though so Mm -hmm. i don't know who knows
0: I got you. I got, yeah, like I said, I have the Mariners there, but I was pretty conflicted because the Rangers spent a lot of money this off season to improve getting Corey Seager, Marcus Semyon, and like, and I thought that they could be in contention there to get sneak into the wild card, maybe uh, go up to number two in the division, but the angels too made a lot of good improvements. Their biggest problem for the past few years has been pitching and they addressed that with Noah Syndergaard uh, and some other moves. I think that they're going to be more contenders than they have been in the past few years as well. So I think, Number one for me is Astros is pretty solidified, but basically two through four between the Mariners, Angels, and Rangers is all up for grabs. But if I were guessing, which I am in this episode, I'm going to say the Mariners have the edge and they will sneak into a wild card spot there. But I could easily see the Angels with all the star power that they have with Otani, Trout, Rendon, now Syndergaard, even though he's still recovering from uh, you know some uh, injuries he's had in the past few years. I still think it's going to be quite the uh, gauntlet between those three teams and the A's they've traded away. Anyone of significance this, this off season between Olsen Chapman Minaya uh, a few others, they are going to be dead last. And it's probably not even going to be much of a competition. They are going to be the worst team. So we have our division set. Like I said, my AL MVP is Vladimir Guerrero. He probably, if, if it wasn't for a historic season by Shohei Ohtani last year, he would have won it. But this year I say he finally gets his first AL MVP. And then I have Giolito of the White Sox winning Cy Young. And my AL champion the, winning the AL pennant, I have the Toronto Blue Jays. Troy, what you got?
1: I think MVP is going to be kind of rough between – uh, I don't know, because you kind of have Trout and uh, Shohei Ohtani in there as well. So – I think that would be kind of a I think that's gonna be kind of an interesting race from that perspective with Guerrero. Um I don't know. I, I wanna put trout because he's kind of the quiet guy that doesn't really have much of a voice, but that's just not how it's gonna go. I think it's probably realistically gonna be Guerrero or uh, Shohei Otani, depending on how a season goes. Uh Cy Young, I agree with you there with uh Giolito. I it's he's just so elite that I think it's gonna kinda of, pull away with it from that perspective unless Garrett Cole or someone puts up like big numbers and then for the pennant I also have Toronto for the AL as well um I don't know that AL East is just so like packed that I think it's probably going to be the Blue Jays if not I would probably throw the White Sox in there if it's if something were to happen I'm probably going to go uh Blue Jays, White Sox in that order, then probably it's going to be the Razor Red Sox somewhere after that, someone else from the East.
0: But, uh, yeah, I also have Toronto going to the uh, World Series as well. I, I really want the White Sox to succeed, and I want it like I, I would like to say that they're like my second choice. But every offseason, no, sorry, not every offseason, every postseason, they seem that like they always crumble. So I just don't, they've been there enough now where I think that they should perform, but they just haven't proven anything to me yet. So honestly, if the blue Jays aren't the team that does it, I think it's going to be Tampa or Houston. One of those two is my second choice, but yeah, we both agree. Toronto probably going to win this, uh, this league. Now we're going to move on to the other league, the NL. And we will start out East. Like we did with the AL, uh, interesting division got some up and coming teams some teams that really you really can't really predict here my division goes like atlanta new york miami philadelphia and washington uh atlanta winning the division and then i have the mets making it in a wild card troy what you got
1: um i also have the braves in number one i put the brett's at number the mets at number two taking the uh also taking a wild card spot I then have the Marlins, Nationals, and Phillies.
0: The Nationals over the Phillies, huh?
1: Yeah, barely. I think it's gonna be a tight race. Both of them have kind of sold off, so it's they're a little uh, they're both kind of looking for talent.
0: I like what the, I think they have enough uh, star power. I think with uh, Wheeler and Harper and stuff, I think that they're gonna be okay. That they're gonna. To they're probably going to be like a fourth I had them between third and fourth. I wasn't sure. I just like Miami a lot. I really like the young talent that they have. That's up and coming. I really would like to see them make the playoffs. I don't have them making the playoffs, but I think that they're going to be in contention there. Nationals other than Juan Soto, that team is in crumbles, especially since they lost Scherzer and the Mets have added a good bit. I don't, I still am not sold that they're going to win the division. I know a lot of people are having the Mets over the Braves, but I still think that the reigning world series champions are going to win the division. They haven't lost much. They did lose Freeman, but they swapped in Olsen for that. I think they have a very, very talented roster. I think that they're going to be in contention to even win the NL pennant again. Although when it, when it's all said and done, I don't have them winning it, but I have them winning their division and then I have the Mets in there as well. Um, yeah. That's what that is for that division. Do you have anything more you want to say on that? Or do you want to move on to the home team division?
1: Oh, we can move on to the glorious, very, very competitive NL Central.
0: We have, if on my side, I have the Milwaukee Brewers winning with the St. Louis Cardinals in second, the Chicago Cubs in third, the Pittsburgh Pirates in fourth, and the Cincinnati Reds in fifth. No wildcard team. The only team making it through will be Milwaukee, Troy, Your move.
1: I have something very, very similar. I have the Brewers running away with it being the only playoff team out of this entire division. Um, I think the Cardinals are going to kind of separate themselves from the rest of the pack. However, um, I do agree with the Cubs being in third, but it really, this is going to kind of be a bottom three race. Um, I'm putting the Reds in fourth above the Pirates in fifth, uh, purely out of spite. But uh, I don't know, in all (laughs) fairness, they're both, like, abysmal. So, I mean, I could kind of see that going either way, but I really see this being the one where we see, like, definitely the biggest, uh, like, spread among uh, records. I think it's going to be the Brewers by far, and then I think the rest of it's going to kind of be really anyone's game. But I I think that we're going to have the – not the highest of the highs because of the, the Braves and stuff, but I think we're definitely going to have this division, division is definitely going to produce the most, uh, um, I guess, bottom
0: of the NL teams. Gotcha. I see you. You were debating between like the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds all being last place. I pretty much had the Reds as a last place, and I was considering going between the Cubs and the Pirates for third and fourth. I ended up putting the Cubs above them. Just because I went to the home opener, and the Cubs do have talent, they do have good talent. That new Suzuki guy that they got, he he got two home runs in that game. I think that they're going to be a little better than the Pirates, but I think a lot of this is contingent on the Pirates bringing up and keeping up their top prospects. They brought up Contreras, who has who has done really well out of the bullpen. And if they bring up O'Neal Cruz, if they start promoting the other guys, I could definitely see them becoming uh, more competitive and maybe pulling into that third spot. I don't think the Cubs have that kind of talent in their prospect pool that they can bring up that's MLB ready. But I know the Pirates do. The Reds, I think, are pretty confidently the worst team in this division, in my opinion. So we will see. I do think that Pirates are going to be more competitive than you have them being. But two things did happen. Uh, since we last ta- uh, recorded a podcast. That the, uh, the Pirates did sign to extensions both Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. Hayes gets an eight-year deal with $70 million, which is the largest in Pirates history. Laugh all you want, but that's that's great that we lock him up for eight years, even though $70 million is our largest contract. It's kind of hilarious. And then they signed Reynolds to a two-year, $13.5 million deal. Not as long as I would have liked to see, but it's good that they're committing at least a little bit to them, so we avoid arbitration this year and next uh i know you were very pessimistic on the pirates but i gotta be honest with you i like what the moves they're making and i could easily see them being third in this division
1: i just don't say it because the thing is is i guess the like showing commitment is kind of nice but then they kind of did this with polanka and that kind of turned into crap so i mean
0: I, I mean, I, look where he is now. Who's
1: he play for? Somewhere in Japan, I think.
0: He's in Japan, yeah. I I don't I don't think that's the same thing. I don't think that that he was the kind of guy that had the same talent that these guys have, these prospects have.
1: I don't know. You that's but that's kind of like all the team is those like a bunch of prospects with a couple names that'll be sold off in a couple of years. Kind of like Garrett Cole and you know, like everybody literally everybody else. Um Make, call, call me an idiot. I don't know. I call whatever you want. I saw this as the biggest contract that the Pirates have ever signed with Key Brian Hayes at seventy million dollars, which is not it, it all. In of itself, is kind of depressing, but uh, I'm not going to disagree with that because compared to other teams, this is like normal. But uh, evidently, it's not. But what I do want to talk about, what I really want to talk about, since this is indeed the unit report,
0: baby got Vogelbach.
1: We we do we have Vogelbach, which I personally think we should. I I think we're actually blocked by the Pirates for fairly obvious reasons. But uh, we might be. I don't know. You're gonna have to check that. I don't know that. My personal account might be. I don't know. But uh, anyway, Vogelbach. I think he's our unofficial mascot. An absolute unit coming in at six foot, two hundred and fifty pounds. The DH for the Pirates that I think either went four for five last night.
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: It was impressive. I mean, it's really nice to see kind of one of us because not going to lie, he, he stood up there and there's nothing about him that's screams athlete. Like if you had him in a crowd of like 50 people and said who was an athlete, I'm definitely putting him like in like the 40s of people that I'm pointing at and going, yep, professional athlete.
0: I think we need to reach out and see if we can get him to be the first interview we have on this podcast. I would do it. I agree with with, with with like and I've been a fan of his for a while now. He's he's jumped around. He was in uh, Seattle for a bit. I don't know where he was last year, but whenever I saw the Pirates signed him in the offseason, I was pretty impressed because he's the kind of guy that can rake. He can absolutely rake. And he's the kind of guy that can send the ball into the Allegheny. We need guys like him that can just We have before him, we had no exclusive power hitters. Obviously, he's not going to put up 25 30 home runs he's not that good good at making contact but you put him in everyday dh or like play him like 130 games out of the season that's the kind of guy that can drive in runs you're gonna get guys like reynolds and hayes that can get on base and hopefully soon cruise but you need a guy that can just bring him in with one swing of the bat and electrify the fan base that's the kind of guy that can do it i he's hasn't had the best of luck but i think if you put it keep him at DH don't have him worry about playing at a position just let him sit on the bench and focus on his bat that's the perfect DH that that's the perfect DH in my opinion and I'm, I'm happy you brought him up because I think that is a great addition to the team and ho- we hopefully baby got Vogelbach for a while I'd like to see that and that's the new that's gonna be the title of this episode uh, definitely baby got Vogelbach I love that I just thought of that on the fly but also, another thing that the Pirates did is right before the season started, they signed Jake Mariznick, who you don't think that's a big deal. But me and Dylan were at a home opener, and we were very excited to see Jake bat, you know, batting. But he's not a great hitter. He's a 220 hitter, great defensively. And I think he fills a spot in that outfield so they don't keep putting our good young players in the outfield. They keep trying to try, like... Cole Tucker, O'Neal Cruz out in the outfield. Those guys aren't outfielders. The be- keep those guys in the infield where they belong. That's my opinion. Um, but yeah, the Pirates did lose that home opener, but it was the largest attendance in years. It was insane on the North Shore. Uh, it, like, it was awesome and a great atmosphere. I loved being there. The, they made some new, new improvements to the uh, stadium as well. They put uh, two different bars in the outfield, which looked very nice, but I, have not, I wasn't able to go out and check them out because it was so busy. Keyword there is improvement to the stadium. Those were multiple words. It wasn't one word, but nice. Keywords
1: improvement to stadium.
0: And they also signed Key Brian Hayes and Brian Reynolds. So that's improvement to the team, Troy. All right, we're going to move on. But I'm optimistic about the Pirates' future. Troy's not. And water's wet. What else is new? NL West. Interesting division. Very interesting division. There's a big divide between one and five, but there's some nuance here in the middle. Let's, let's see what we got. I got the Dodgers winning, obviously, the division. Then I have San Diego Padres in second, San Francisco Giants in third, Colorado Avalanche. No, whoosh, plus one. Colorado Rockies in fourth, pardon, and the Arizona Diamondbacks in fifth with the Padres and Giants taking up two of the wild card spots. Troy Kopech, what you got?
1: Dodgers run away with it. I have the Giants, then Padres. I don't think the Padres are as good as we thought we were. I mean, we saw that, what, last year or a couple years ago? They're just not the team with all the names that they have. They just did not produce the numbers that they should. I'm going to go Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Rockies, and Diamondbacks. That bottom's going to be – I think it's also going to kind of uh, of be like the uh, – AL uh, East, where you really have your uh, highs and lows. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. The Rockies and Diamondbacks are just really not good.
0: Yeah, the only reason I have the Rockies over Sports the and Diamondbacks. Arizona
1: are pretty rough, not going to lie.
0: Is, is Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant, which didn't make sense that signing. But he's a Rocky, so I think that the Diamondbacks are going to be a little worse than the Rockies. Um, so do you have wildcard teams in this division? What do you have there?
1: Probably going to be the Giants, then the Padres. It's going to be one of them, and then I'm putting the Mets in for sure, but I'm thinking the Marlins might figure out some way to squeak in there if one of them Ooh. are abysmally bad
0: interesting i wouldn't but, uh, mind that that's not what yeah, I, I don't
1: i don't really see crap coming out of the nl central that's the one that i can like i think we can fully eliminate altogether, besides the, the brewers
0: the only team that i think might surprise is the cardinals because they have a lot of talent but they never seem to be able to put it all together goldschmidt and arenado are two like of the best infielders like ba- like bats and gloves i think those are two great players but like I haven't I just seen just don't put think they're yet.
1: there as a team. I mean, it's poor goodbye season, so don't get me wrong, you'd love to see it. But you but would like I mean I would, but I just don't think it's there.
0: So my wildcard teams, like I said, are San Diego, San Francisco, and the Mets. And you said what what are you make your official predictions? What are they?
1: For and a wild, wild card. card?
0: Who's gonna be in the wildcard spots?
1: Uh Mets, Giants, uh, padres on uh, with an asterisk, maybe.
0: The asterisk being could be Marlins. The
1: asterisk being could be Marlins.
0: Okay, here we go, and uh, uh, that's that does it. And for the, the divisions, uh, my MVP. Is going to be a it's going to be similar to when um, Giancarlo Stanton won it for the Marlins in that he was great but his team was god awful. I have Juan Soto winning it for the Washington Nationals. That guy, I think, is single handedly one of the most talented bats in the league. I think he's going to put up insane numbers, but I don't see the Nationals doing anything this year. So I think it's going to be that kind of season. But I have him winning MVP. I have J- Jacob DeGrom. If he can stay healthy, that's the asterisk on that one, winning the Cy Young because he was on a historic historic pace last year but got caught up with injuries again. So if he can stay healthy, he will win the Cy Young in my opinion. And I'll pen it. I'm giving it to the Dodgers. So that means I have a Dodgers-Blue Jays World Series. And my bias is go- is leaning heavy on this one. I have the Blue Jays winning the World Series. Troy Kopeck, what is your predictions on this?
1: I also have one solo, Juan Soto from the uh, Nationals taking the MVP as well. I think just overall, he's probably the best overall player in this league. Um, I don't know. It just seems like overall, he's got everything going. Unfortunately, the team does not. Uh, for Cy Young, I am going to go with uh, – we're going to go back to L.A., which is going to be a theme here with Walker Buehler taking the Cy Young for the pennant, I also want to go with the Dodgers, and as much as it pains me and hurts, the World Series I'm going to have to go with the Dodgers. I do have them facing Toronto. However, the only asterisk I have on that is they could possibly face the White Sox. Would be the would be my like backup, but I do think it's going to be the Dodgers all the way through. However, I, I feel like we've predicted them every I don't know for the past what five years or so. So I would not be Horribly surprised to see the Braves possibly put up some competition for that, but uh, I do think it's going to be the Dodgers. And I do think for the AL, it's going to be the tighter race between uh, Toronto and the White Sox.
0: Gotcha. All right. Well, there you have it. Those are our predictions. Um, going to be a great year of baseball. We've already seen some, uh, some great things happen this season. Did you see the, uh, Kershaw getting pulled from the perfect game. I heard about it. He'd seven innings per, uh, perfect and he got pulled because uh, What was his pitch count though? That's the thing. 80, that was it. It was only 80. Okay,
1: anyway, that's pathetic. I was going to say if he's like up, if he's like over 100, I think, yep.
0: So he could have gone two more innings if that's if he can keep it to like 12 pitches an inning, which is tough, but uh, if he could have done that, that would have been 104 pitches total. I mean, that's not crazy. I, I I And also, only two pitchers have ever been pulled that late into a perfect game. Uh, and then both of the times they're pulled by Dodgers manager Dave Roberts. So he's done it twice now. Just crazy. But, I mean, hey, I mean, I guess team over player, I guess. But that was crazy. So we've seen some crazy stuff already happen in – baseball this season it's going to be a fun season i don't think there's anything more to be said about baseball right now but the masters happened last weekend and we did not have a chance to talk about it tiger very much did not win so i'm happy i didn't put money on that happening we had scott scheffler wasn't that his name Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler won the Masters. He was a minus 10, which was a whole three strokes over second place, which was Rory McIlroy. Between him and
1: Cameron Smith for the most part until, like, the back, I think, nine, and then he kind of pulled apart because Smith cooled off. But other than that, I don't know, not going to lie, this one was kind of on the – a little on the boring side. Like, it just wasn't – like, Sunday wasn't really like that super close race. I don't know. I just feel like this one didn't have the, all of the excitement. It was nice to see Tiger back. Um, There were quite a few big names that kind of fell apart. Obviously Tiger kind of, he started off pretty well though. He was definitely in it after the first day and I think possibly the second day, but then he said like walking was kind of his big thing. If he can hit the golf ball, he just can't walk. I mean, I, we saw that in the postgame interview where he kind of hobbled down the stairs to sign a scorecard. And then even during the interview, but you know, credit to him, he, uh, had a smile on his face during the interview, said how much it meant to even get there. And I don't really think at the end of the day the score really mattered. It was just more or less exactly. seeing him being able to play golf again. Um, yeah.
0: and, and I I also do think that like because he's only like what like 13, 14 months removed from this accident. I I, I do think that he still needs some time because he if walking's his biggest thing, this probably... is the first this is the first thing he's played in. Exactly. So I, I think that there I don't think he's done. I think that he needs some more time to, to rehab, and I think he'll get more competitive. He did finish with a plus 13. The fourth round, I mean, he was a plus six. So, like, if you take you take that out of it, he was – But he, like, the fourth round, bad. he
1: noticeably something was wrong. Though. That's kind of the thing.
0: Exactly, yeah. So, I think if you give him some time, I, I, I could see him getting back to where he was. But, yeah, a lot of guys – like you said, a lot of the powerhouse guys weren't really in it very much. Um, Matsuama, who was last year's winner, was a plus two. So, it wasn't really – in it very much uh who else was it who do who else do we have here um, the shambo
1: fell apart but he had wrist surgery so he's done for a little bit
0: yeah exactly uh watson was a plus seven so yeah uh scott was a plus 14 so yeah like a, not, a lot of guys didn't do as well as we expected but congrats to scotty Scheffler for uh winning his masters and minus 10 so three strokes above everyone else that was a great performance by him and you know what what event do we have next you know
1: um, I am not a hundred percent sure. To be completely honest with you, so
0: let's see. Oh, we got the RBC Heritage, which is this weekend. It's actually, uh, going on right now. Is that in Florida? It is, is that in it, Texas? Harbor Town Golf Links, which is in South Carolina.
1: Okay, never mind. Turns Hilton, out neither. Hilton
0: Hilton Head Hilton Head Island. So. Uh. Let me see who's winning right now. Um, Streb and Cantlay are both minus seven right now. Through uh, was this was today round one or round two? Today's round two. Two. So, yeah. Uh, Spath is in there. He's a minus five. I'm trying to see some big names here. Connors is minus four. Yeah. Not, not a ton of big names at the top right now, but it's still it's still early, so we'll see. Um, golf season's underway. Have you hit the links at all yet recently? I have not played in quite some time. All right. Well, save it for Pittsburgh. When you get back up here, we can i might know, uh,
1: probably get out there at some point, but it has been quite a minute.
0: So you well, I don't you, know. we'll you, you agreed you, you promised that you would hit up LPGA before you leave. The I world. know
1: that time's coming. I'm going to have to probably go here in the next couple of weeks and figure out if I can, you know, at least make it somewhere. I mean, if, if, as long as we're like around a hundred, I guess that we'll call
0: it a success. And you only have like two months left down in Florida, so you don't have a lot of time. You got to get down there and yeah, make, it, I know. You gotta make it happen because, you know, w- once you leave, you're never going back. You're never going back. Yeah. It's crazy. I, I actually lost my uh, pitching wedge. I think I left it at the Mount Lebanon golf course. I'm I heard that's up. pathetic. Did you call them? No, not yet.
1: That's rough. Okay, when, I, when, when,
0: when, when I go up next, I'll be like, hey, like, have you seen this? I don't think they have. It's okay though. Um, I have I have like another set I could I can take from the pitching wedge, but that's okay. Is what it is. That was my favorite. I was really getting good with it too, actually. I was getting really good with that club, but ease what it is. Uh yeah, a lot of tragedy in this episode, but also a lot of predictions in the MLB. Once again, Blue Jays Dodgers World Series with Toronto coming on top. Troy, what was yours again? Dodgers, Blue
1: Jays, Dodgers coming on top, or Dodgers, White Sox. However, I would not be surprised to see the Dodgers
0: get knocked out with as much as they've gotten picked. All right. Well, we'll see. We're in for a great season. Cheers to that. And we will do another episode next week. We don't know what we'll talk about. Whatever happens in the news in the next week, we'll talk about. Also, Malkin got suspended four games. Any thoughts on that?
1: Well, deserved. I think it's fair.
0: (sighs) You know, I'm going to be honest. It was really similar to the Matthews cross-check that he got suspended for earlier this season, and Matthews only got two games. But my thought process is that Malkin gets injured a lot, and these games don't matter anymore. We've already clinched our spot in the playoffs. Who cares if he, he gets four games off? He gets the rest, you know? Like, who really cares? It's Fair not enough, video. but still. It, it does kind of make me mad that he got double what Matthews got, but... Whatever is what it is. Matthews is on 60 goal watch. He's two goals away. That'll be fun to watch too. So we will see. We have a lot to talk about next episode. Let's sign off. Troy, do you want to sign off for me?
1: I will take the outro. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition. Actually, week's edition of the inner report. You can follow Lucas on Twitter at Lucas Wester. Uh, The reports, Twitters at the inner report, tweet us, comments, concerns, literally anything
0: except um, except the pirates can't tweet us they they blocked us oh yeah don't
1: do that it turns out we got blocked i think we did i could very well be wrong
0: we'll see
1: i don't know uh yeah
0: watch us on uh follow us on spotify apple podcast did you forget that part
1: i think i did i don't i also don't think you can watch anything on spotify or apple podcast i could be wrong
0: find us on spotify and follow us We are an audio-only podcast until Troy gets a better backdrop, and then we'll start making videos. But until then, we have to survive like this, like Neanderthals, without video. Um, yeah. So that that that'll be all for us this week. That's an adios. See you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Unit Report. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And follow us on Twitter, at The Unit Report.